23andMe's $400 million acquisition of Lemonade Health, which offers patients tools like online doctor visits and pharmacy delivery, was a recent proof point for direct-to-consumer online prescription platforms. But these sites, which offer medication like birth control and erectile dysfunction and treatment for ailments from acne to migraines, shipped in the mail for free, really proved their worth during the pandemic. The sites provided a kind of coronavirus contingency plan for drug marketers too, with many pharma brands launching with telemedicine pharmacy integration built right in. But as the dust settles and, and telemedicine usage levels off, what's next for DTC telemedicine platforms? This week on the podcast, we'll be talking more about telemedicine startups, their place in the healthcare ecosystem, and whether these services may be more than just a niche for those wanting a consumer-friendly experience. And joining me to talk about that is Varsha Rao of women's health startup Nurex. Varsha, welcome to the MMM podcast. Thank you. Great to be here, Mark. It's great to have you on the program. It's your first time, so uh, welcome again. And, uh, you know, Nurex bills itself as the largest female-focused telehealth player, having provided over a million virtual consultations since it launched in 2015, and now serves about half a million patients on a monthly basis, according to the company. So you've had a, a number of recent announcements, which we'll talk about. But first, I wanted to ask you, Varsha, you've been a CE, the CEO there since 2019. And before that, you were, you were global head of ops for Airbnb. Uh, you also had a number of other uh, e-commerce roles and financial roles. Uh, you were even a McKinsey consultant. I was wondering if you could talk about how some of those experiences prepared you for this one. Yeah, so I think, um, first of all, I've been fortunate to be a part of some amazing organizations with strong culture and mission, and, you know, Airbnb being one of them. And so being at Nurex has been incredibly, I feel really humbled and grateful to be able to lead the charge here because we're an incredibly mission-driven organization and really focused on being patient-first and creating an amazing experience for our patients. And so that makes work really rewarding every day. And even during some, you know, challenging times around the pandemic, uh, I think everybody at Nurex really want, has felt like, you know, we've been able to play our small part in that. So um, I think that's the first thing. The second thing I'd say is that, you know, healthcare has been woefully I think underinvested in from a consumer experience perspective. And yeah, I think it's been neglected. People haven't really thought about patients as consumers. And so I think my ability, my experience having been in a number of consumer organizations just helps me and helps us really continue to keep the patient at the forefront, the experience at the forefront and never lose sight of that even as we, you know, start to go into other areas, which, you know, become more and more complex healthcare, you still can't lose sight of the fact that people are consumers at the end of the day and have choices. And we want to make sure that they always are empowered to choose us. And we want them to choose us because of the best experience that we deliver and not because they have no other options. Sure. And then when you, when you layer, women's health on top of that, you know, some people have said that venture capital for one has, has not done a good job in advancing treatments and services for women's health. Where, where do you think the biggest gaps are in that area? Well, so I think, first of all, there's this, um, kind of con conception that women's health is a very narrow range of time. You know, it's 
healthcare for women in their reproductive years. And it really is all only about maternal or preconception that period of time. When I think about women's health, I think it's really about healthcare for women. And that's basically healthcare for half of the population. And so, you know, that's how we think about healthcare at Nurex. We, our mission is really to help our patients across their life stages and with their health concerns. We typically are working with patients, you know, our conception was, you know, we started off with contraception, which is one of the largest you know, addressable populations of users of healthcare. You know, it's one of the first times people are really starting to use healthcare on a regular basis in their late teens and early 20s. But the vision has always been around helping our patients with other needs and also as they age and grow. And so that's actually what's informed us as we have expanded. You know, we have really tried to be very thoughtful about the areas that we've gone into. You know, we started off because there was this huge need around contraception, but then, you know, we asked our patients, what are the, her other concerns? And she told us that sexual health was a big area of concern. And so that was what led us to launching herpes treatment, STI testing, also even prep for HIV prevention, which has also brought in a large uh, male population as well. Um, about 35% of our patients told us that they, she experienced a migraine and they're not always related to hormonal menstrual cycle, but often can be. And so it made sense for us to launch a migraine service. And similarly, about 50% of our patients suffer from acne or rosacea. And that was the impetus to launch into dermatology. And so that's, we've been very thoughtful about the experiences that the services that we've launched based on that idea of really being a trusted healthcare platform for our patients. Obviously the pandemic disrupted medication access. How did it affect demand for your service? Yeah, the pandemic was obviously, you know, there were a lot of things that were going on, right? There was fear about getting into a provider based on contracting uh, COVID. There was fear about going into a pharmacy. And then there was also a lack of access of going into a provider because of essential needs and things like that. So we saw a huge spike in demand. So, you know, more than a 50% increase in birth control patients, 120% increase in demand for home STI testing, almost 200% request uh, increase for herpes treatment. So just really, really large increases across the board for our services. With their uh, VC backing, we've seen uh, telemedicine startups spending a lot on out-of-home and TV advertising to raise consumer awareness. I know you've raised about $113 million to date, and I, and I see your banner ads on emails I get and your, your DTC commercials as well. Where do you see awareness levels for, for services like yours, and, and what do you think is, is the advertising strategy going forward? I would say that we're still in the early innings of um, telemedicine and telehealth, including players like ourselves. The pandemic also was very valuable in the sense that trust for telemedicine was, you know, people basically went to telemedicine as a second or third option. Historically, it was not a first option you choose, but based on the experiences that people had, which were, you know, I think much more positive than anyone would have ever imagined, Telemedicine has now gone to a first level, a, a primary choice. I, 
first option to go to rather than what it's historically been. And so I think that trust that people now have in telemedicine opens up the door for a lot of um, services, a lot of companies, including ourselves. So I think that is actually, you know, we've accelerated the pace of adoption of telehealth probably by five or 10 years relative to what it would have been. And then I think awareness comes into play in terms of the types of options out there, even within telehealth. You know, you can go to your hospital system and try to hook into their telehealth provider, or you can go and choose a teledoc, which is kind of a general service. You know, they're virtual primary care. They're very focused on episodic issues, like whether you have an infection or I think players like ourselves at Nurex, we see ourselves as making expert care accessible to patients. It's that real specialty orientation that sets us apart. We're the leader in women's digital health. We have a strong you know, expert orientation around contraception, sexual health, migraine, dermatology, and we go really deep in these areas. And so our vision is really to help our patients you know, over time, it's not an acute episodic. We're not here to just kind of help you with a quick, you know, consult or a prescription and then off you go. A lot of these conditions require ongoing management and that's what we're here to help you with. And so that's also part of when we think about our communication strategy and our advertising, we want to make sure that that comes through in terms of, you know, what we really do uh, and how we help people with conditions that are often recurring and ongoing. To date, we have done television. You know, we have been, you're, you're clearly part of our target demographic, potentially. Uh, you've been at least exploring our services. So we probably are, um, you know, you're in our database. I think that, you know, we've done the classic, you know, Google search type of marketing, but we have found that being on television, being in areas where we can communicate the message um, a little bit more broadly, especially about the provider care that we offer has been very valuable because it's sometimes hard to distinguish a little bit, you know, what's the difference between various folks. We really lean into our clinical care that we offer in addition to the fact that we have an integrated pharmacy and you can get online delivery, but it's really that end-to-end experience that we want to convey and television can help with that. Sure. And that's also been a big draw uh, for uh, drug makers. As, as I mentioned in my intro, we've seen more partnerships between telemedicine firms and pharma companies even before COVID because pharma w- was very interested in alternative sales channels through digital. And we've seen newer pharma brands launch with telemedicine pharmacy integration via sites like Plush Care, for instance. Do you see telemedicine as a sales channel being appropriate for Nurex? You know, I think we always want to make sure that we are providing options for patients that are clinically sound, that are clinically vetted, and that we have the highest degree of clinical confidence in. I I guess I'm going to start with that. To the extent then that there are options for treatment that are not accessible to folks through traditional channels and that we can help support that, we are definitely open to that. And we have some relationships uh, with pharma companies directly, but typically, um, you know, again, our view is we wanna provide a objective view in terms of treatment for what's best for our patients. And our providers have complete independence in terms of what they prescribe. 
Sure. And uh, Nurex is one of the few direct-to-consumer digital health companies that accepts insurance. And that makes it also uh, more conducive to those kinds of pairings. Your comment on prospects in general for pharma telemed pairings on, on, on both ends of the product lifecycle for mature and, and new products. You know, from a market perspective, I think it's valuable to have multiple points of entry for patients. I think the key thing I would say is that patients just need to make sure that they're actually getting independent clinical care when they're, you know, and really making sure they are getting the right advice around what medications they should take. You know, I think overprescribing can happen in the industry. It can happen in your real world doctor's office. It could probably happen online. So I would say, you know, it's really important to go with trusted providers that are going to give you the best advice as a patient, as an individual about what is right for you. So I'd be a little bit hesitant to go to a pharma website and then just go and get prescribed a medication unless my provider independently thought that it was the right thing to do. Sure, sure. So uh, let, let's talk about some of your recent uh, announcements. I know you just launched recently in, in Durham, as, as you mentioned, uh, also emergency contraception, and the service just launched on, on Amazon with, with a, a voice activation skill. Talk about some of those things and, and why they're important for the company. Why don't I start with emergency contraception? We felt that it, you know, from our history, we've been offering emergency contraception, but during the pandemic, uh, there was an increased need. And then with some of the um, things that are, have been going on around the country, we've also seen an increased demand. And so what we ended up doing in the summer was uh, offering a service where you can get overnight delivery of uh, emergency contraception. Historically, we had it only for on demand, or sorry, on hand. So if as a backup option, which is we still offer, but you know, what we've found is that sometimes women are in need of, a, uh, of emergency contraception right away. And we weren't historically able to meet that need. And so we wanted to be able to be there in those situations as well. And so I think from our perspective, our goal is to be the trusted partner for our patients. And so being able to offer that kind of on-demand emergency contraception, we are one of the few, if only, that actually do it, has been very um, powerful. We've seen a definite increase in adoption over the last several months since we launched it. And especially with some of the challenges going on in Texas, we've gotten some incredible notes of gratitude around how people have been feeling uh, like they've lost control and how we're helping them at least bring back some of that control into their lives. So I think that's the first thing. And again, we lean into women's care, reproductive care. And for us, this was an important thing to be able to offer. I think the second I'd say around the Alexa skill is similar in the, in the sense that our ethos has always been around care plus education. Uh, we get a lot of reviews and comments from patients who've used us telling us that they learned more from us through our providers, even though it's an asynchronous interaction, it's all done through a messaging platform than they have through their, you know, OBGYN that they've been going to for years. And I think, you know, we want everybody to be informed and getting information. So um, it's not really a, a, we're not trying for it to be a competition, but we know that, um, 
we can be a really trusted source of valuable information. And so for us, the Alexa skill was a part of that. How can we help to disseminate information about contraception, about how it works? Um, what are some of the side effects that could happen? Are they normal? Are they not? What are some of the interactions that might or, you know, if you have acne or migraine and some of the related questions. And so we want to make that we have a lot of conf content already. It's all vetted and validated by our medical providers. So it's incredibly sound from a clinical perspective. And we were, you know, we thought this was a great way to make it more available to people and e more easily to more easy to access. And so that was our, our vision with the um, Alexa skill. And then the last thing on dermatology is that, you know, we've seen that it's been a need for our patients. You know, as I mentioned, they told us, they've been telling us that this has been a challenge for them. You know, we have capability. We have deep capability at Nurex based on our contraception roots around hormonal care. And so acne is a, a natural extension of that. And so we are one of the few players in the space to do mild and moderate acne, as well as rosacea and anti-aging, and pretty much the only players to accept insurance as well. And so we are really able to offer a full formulary of treatments, and that's enabled us to care for already tens and tens of thousands of patients in our very short, and you know, we only launched the service um, in March of this year. So we're seeing really exciting uh, adoption. And, you know, again, it's great to see when you can offer care and it's being well received. And we have follow-up surveys as a part of um, the experience and people are sharing data that shows that they're seeing great results and great improvement in their skin, which is very validating. Great, just one last question. What's next for Nurex? What's next? Well, I think, you know, we we're already almost at the 2022 mark, which is hard to believe. We're in the planning stages right now. I really can't share what's next, but I'd love to come back on in a couple months. You know, we will have an exciting launch uh, by the end of Q1 of 2022. So be thrilled to have the opportunity to come back and share with your audience. I think we will follow that we will follow the same principles of what we've um, done so far in terms of tapping into where our patients are telling us that they have a need. And again, continuing the evolution for Nurax as a company around being a true trusted healthcare platform across services. Great. Well, it's, it's been fascinating to hear about Nurex's expansion beyond its birth control roots and its evolution uh, as an important player uh, in the direct-to-consumer telemedicine area. So thank you for joining us, Varsha. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me, Mark. Take care. You got it. Take care.